Hello, everybody. This is Aston Osai, Superintendent of St. Louis Park Public Schools, and you're listening to the Share the Mic podcast, the show that explores what connects our school community, who we are as individuals, and who we are as a collective. Through conversations with students, staff, and community members, we'll talk about what brings us joy, our hopes and dreams, and our connection to our strategic plan for racial equity transformation. Kevin, welcome to the Share the Mic podcast. I'm extremely excited to spend some time with you today. you're a part of a series that we're doing as we're engaging different members of the class of 2023, learning more about them, their experience in St. Louis Park Public Schools and their future plans. So I'm excited that you're able to join us today. And and just to start, if you would be willing to, to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your experience here in St. Louis Park, as I believe you started um, at Susan Lindgren Elementary School. Yes, once again, I want to thank you, Dr. Osai, and all the crew here. And I would like and be more than happy to share my experience as I progress through the years here at Seamless Park Public Schools from attending Susan Lingren, going to Peter Hobart, but then going back to Susan Lingren, <laughs> the middle school, and now here the high school. Yeah. And throughout this whole podcast, I hope the people watching here and they get to know about me, who is Kevin, a little bit about my behind the life and like how I am academically, personal in life, and like my own like background and where I came from, and like my own personal um, struggles I overcame and found success with, and that have shaped me who I am. I don't see struggles as like failure. I see them personally for me as an opportunity where I can find new solutions to grow from them. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So let's maybe start there because I think that that's a, a powerful place of knowing oneself and understanding what's required to to be successful in life. So I heard you talk a little bit about you know some of the academic successes you've mm-hmm. had, and but understanding in order to achieve those successes that you you've had to go through some things. Yeah, and yeah. Experience. Would you be willing to talk a little bit more about? Yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, I would like to format it as like as I progress throughout the years, you know, and then like incorporate those, you know, Absolutely. into my own life. So before I even go to St. Louis Park, um, I actually went to um, um, Head Start before I went to Susan okay. Lindgren. I think it was in Golden Valley. And the funny thing is I knew no English at all. Mm. I went into that preschool blind with that language barrier. And I remember being so scared, you know, and at Head Start, I wasn't able to communicate with my peers as well, you know? Mm -hmm. I had no idea what they were talking about, even my teachers. And for me, I knew like if I wanted to engage, I knew that I had to teach myself English somehow because I came from a household, a Mexican household, where my parents at the time, I was the only child, and they didn't know English. Mm -hmm. And it was up to me to learn English so that way I can put myself out there and then like throughout preschool I had this interpreter and like she would sit with me every day next to me and like in a way like translate what the teacher and other people were saying and sit with me and follow me that way I wasn't left out you know Mm -hmm. and because of that I was able to pick up words from all my classmates really fast and I remember one time it was like lunchtime and my first word was cup I want a water of cup and I was so happy, even my interpreter's eyes lit up. I was starting to finally form English sentences. And then later that day, I said, I want spaghetti and meatballs. And, you know, that made me happy knowing I was able to progress and learn English 
entering a preschool with no English knowledge, no grammar knowledge in English, I was happy. I was able to adapt to a new environment that I didn't know the language. And then with that, as I progressed to um, kindergarten, me knowing English now, that meant I had to now help my family because like mm. personally, my parents didn't know any English. So by the time I went to kindergarten, I basically became my parents' right hand. And I am so happy I was able to because back, I don't know, like 13, 12 years ago when I was in kindergarten, I would say it was different from what it is to now, you know? It was, I would say, a struggle for my parents, you know, knowing that they couldn't translate at the landlords, they couldn't go to the doctors um, or talk to lawyers or, like, negotiate or even go to the gas station um, to do, like, you know, basic dialogue. And I was happy to be with them because I was able to help them, you know? And I was able to go to the landlords, talk, be exposed to new big words I didn't know because I'm still a kid at the time. So most of the words didn't make sense to me, but I would try, you know, and I would be exposed to government paperwork, taxes at an early young age and go to restaurants, interpret, um, translate the receipts, um, grocery store, go over the receipts with them. And at the end of the day, I was still happy, you know. And I remember when it was the first day of kindergarten at Susan Lindgren, I'd missed Dvorak. And I remember we would get homework assignments and coming home, this is like early at the start when I was just building my English proficiency skills. I would say I had no idea how to do my homework, you know, mm -hmm. because it was all in English. So my parents saw that and they felt bad, but I didn't have any guilt because I knew they were trying. And I would say like my mom and dad, like they used their phone, Google Translate, you know, mm -hmm. and with Google Translate, we would take a picture and like translate everything or type it in English. And that's how I would do like my math problems, my math equations and my reading at the time. And then as I progressed, I started to um, not rely on Google Translate as much. I was f fully capable of communicating with myself. Mm. And then, like I said, that's how like that language barrier, as many other kids like who come from similar backgrounds, I feel like that's something that we might have experienced and has shaped us how we are today. And throughout first grade, second grade, um, I had um, first grade Miss Kovaleski. I liked school, and then I learned but I would sometimes worry if I didn't understand the math problem, you know, because like I personally knew like the teachers had lots of students to look out after and I didn't want to, the, to be like, you know, the teacher's dependability for their help. But I knew like sometimes if I didn't really know, I would go and ask, but mm -hmm. most of the time it would be me translating work. And then around this time, my sister was born and she goes to the high school right now. She's in ninth grade. Her name is Brenda, but other than that, she was still young, so that means, like, I had a new sister, and then I would have to, like, you know, help, translate, and stuff like that, even at the um, hospital, Methodist. But other than that, as I went to second grade, I had Miss Gamble at Susan Lindgren, but then all of a sudden, my um, we decided to move, and I, around, like, I forgot, Louisiana area here, mm -hmm. um, and then I went to Peter Hobart. I was really scared because, you know, a typical new first day for a Absolutely. new child. And then I had Miss Knopf. I really liked her. She was very engaging, second grade. And that's where I met my friends, who I'm still, you know, friends with, like, over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And from there, like, it was a good transition. And then, like, I was happy to see me progressing well academically. But throughout academics, like, I knew, uh, like, I could get good or bad grades, you know, as they call it. But, like, it didn't really bother me as long as I turned in my homework on time mm -hmm. and did my assignments. That, um, and then 
third grade, I was uh, supposed to have Ms. Ziff, but then I had Ms. Horch. Mm-hmm. But then, like, that's when my parents moved again to a different apartment, and then that's when I went back to Susan Lingren, mm-hmm. and then I had Mr. Denai. And Mr. Denai, my third grade teacher, was such a great teacher. I felt like he really cared for me as a student and other students as well, and he would really help me, you know? And at Susan Lingren, Miss Elizabeth Guzman and Miss Phelan, I have really respect for the MLL, ELL teachers because mm-hmm. I see the effort that they put into students, you know? And then at the time, like, that's how I grew. And then fourth grade, Miss Morrow, that's when I realized, like, I was the type of person to become a people watcher, you know, emotionally mm-hmm. intelligent. I sit back, observe, like, the behavior of students, teachers, and, you know, that's how I tend to be, observe how, it, like, people react, you know, and like their emotions. Yeah. That's because of my experience, I felt like I was really able to develop like an emotional intelligence, like really see people's body language, how they react, how not when to not to intervene. Right. Because like throughout my whole years of schooling, I've seen how students and teachers, when there's conflict, when there's happy atmosphere, or when a teacher really engages and tries their best, I can see that. Yeah. And then fifth grade, Ms. Blummer, my fifth grade teacher, she was really nice. She, I know she really cared and tried for us. And that's the end of um, elementary school. I'm, Kevin, I'm so impressed <laughs> that you remember every single name and at, at each grade level of, the, of the, the teachers you had and the impact that they had on you. You know, that, that just really speaks volumes about, to your point, how you are as a, as a person who engages and watches and understands people's um, body language and disposition and you know the fact that you could list all of those people remember all of those experiences um, is is really powerful and something that I I hope we come back to as it relates to your future plans you know really listening to you talk about your your earliest years and head like um, head start in kindergarten and and not being able to speak English in the the, the work that you had to do, A, to be able to begin to understand the language, but also like the responsibility that then you took on to support and help your family with some of the materials and information you were getting. You know, one of the questions that I often think about is what more could we be doing as a school district to make sure that kindergarten Kevin doesn't have to do that right you yeah. know while I, I think it's it's important I think it's probably made you the the person you are today but I also don't think that that should have had to be your responsibility but my hope is that we'll come back to that because I know you're gonna yeah. you still want to take us through middle and high school yeah, as like, well yeah basically paint my picture like yeah. early Kevin yeah. up until current Kevin yeah absolutely so then like yeah after fifth grade I was sad to see like my elementary school teachers go you know but then like middle school came and middle school was a new experience you know like different kids from different households different lives like I never really judged and even my friends say I'm very sympathetic and I show lots of empathy and they rarely see me get mad and that's because like I know people come from different backgrounds and like I don't know what's going on in their lives you know it's none of my business unless they Mm. open up to me you know Mm -hmm. and throughout uh, middle school you see like all these like different types of people. You see conflict, you see teasing, you know, it's just a new environment, you know? And this is like, because from middle school, like I made it my goal and I hope others to like not pick on someone because you don't know where they're coming from, you know? 
like don't like tease them mm-hmm. from their background, their age, how they speak, how they dress, how they look like, their race, their sexual orientation, their identity or anything that makes them them. So that's what I really learned from middle school. And then like I know this is early shout out, but I want to shout out Miss Mensa Brown, Absolutely. my seventh grade yeah. uh, math teacher, because she really opened my eyes to math because like I said, middle um, elementary school, as long as I did well and turned my homework, that was good. But she taught me there was more like, you know, be a strong, independent leader, support. And most of my friends also loved Ms. Mensa Brown. She was always smiling. She would always talk about her heritage from Africa and her own identity. And I really liked that. And that's like one of the reasons like math came to me. Like I'm a visual learner and like her style, you know, and then as I assume I was leaving eighth grade, I don't know if you guys know, but eighth grade, they have like this whole presidential award. Mm-hmm. And when I went to middle school, I made it my commitment to say, I can slack off personally and just do the minimum, or I can put in my best regardless of grades and just put the effort, you know, um, throughout academically. Yeah. So that's what I decided to do. And it paid off for me personally because in eighth grade, I got the presidential award. And, you know, like in eighth grade, there were so many students. And that's when I started to develop my racial consciousness, you know, because I remember walking up the stage. I was the only Mexican student and I was happy for every single one of my peers. But racially, through a racial lens, it was predominantly white, Mm -hmm. you know, and I felt like this is a good chance to represent other Latino, Latinx, Latina um, students. Um, This can be them too, you know, it doesn't matter. So because seeing that I had a few other friends, it was um, like, you could say like, not as much, like less than single digit numbers who are BIPOC, black, indigenous, or a person of color attending that ceremony over like 100 people. So it was really nice to see me um, go to the presidential ward and represent who I am, my heritage as well, in a predominantly white institution because I felt like different backgrounds have like different opportunities. I think about it as a marathon or like a um, track and field race. Like we all start at the same line, but once we go, there might be big hurdles, little mm-hmm. hurdles, or like no hurdles or very few hurdles. You might trip, you might fall. And for me, I felt like I was running the track and field with all my peers, but I had lots of hurdles to overcome right. compared to other peers. And that's what I saw out that day at the presidential award. Yeah. And other than that, I was still happy I got to attend and got to see other my peers. And then high school came, you know? And then throughout high school, I've learned different experiences and like socially, academically, but I would say um, I really want to focus on my racial consciousness and how like it would started because I was more junior year. So last year when I took revisiting ethnic studies mm-hmm. with Miss Cisco and IB History of the Americas with Miss Merkle and both of those teachers, best teachers, I like to give them a shout out, Miss mm-hmm. Merkel. Mm-hmm. She really opened my lens of a racial consciousness perspective, her IB History of the Americas class. She took the state's curriculum, but 
she made us look at three different books, stamped, and, like, different prescriptives, like, group mm-hmm. discussions. And I really love Miss Merkel. I know she cares really deeply for her students and for me. Um, I could go to Miss Merkel anytime I want just to chit-chat, you know, because I know she really cares about me and other students. And because of her, I was able to open my racial consciousness. And by taking revisiting ethnic studies, I was also about... I was also able to learn about my own history that I was never able to learn at school in 12 or 13 years of schooling about, like, the border and how, like, the United States um, took, like, the west side of what is now known as the west of the United States from California, Idaho, all the way to Mexico. And many students don't know that. And then that's how, like, I wanted to do something as I grew older about that. And because of that... Miss Emma, who um, is a new teacher, I love her as well, and Miss Merkel have invited me to go to their classes on my own time and teach these children, I mean students, about like Latino history and like how it's been whitewashed and bring new perspectives. And at the beginning of my presentations to them, I tell them, many of you might feel discomfort as a white individual, and that's fine. That's how we learn and grow. And I just want you to be here with an open mind. And I know many students may have not agreed with me, but I was still able to show them a new perspective because like I said, I really focus on like people's body language. so mm-hmm. I can tell like when they go on their phone, move side to side, touch, you know, but at the same time, I just try to gently draw back their attention. Like I tell them, I don't care if you don't listen, but I want you to listen at these important topics that I'm sharing with you so that's been my experience with growing my racial consciousness here and then alongside with being like you know the voice for latino student association and a shout out to flower and carmen they work extremely hard and i can go to flower or carmen anytime they want because they really care about our community and i have really respect for carmen because as a solo individual, she manages and communicates with all fa- Latino families all across the St. Louis Park Public Schools District. And I know it's really hard for her, but she still does it because she was telling us she really loves seeing Latino kids and like her community thrive in school and flower. She's just really open and she's like really nice and she's very informative and she's down to earth, you know? Mm-hmm. And because of that, um, I don't know remember you were there last year when I gave like the whole presentation yeah, with my yeah. class yeah. about like Latino struggles at Seamless Park and how we're not seen. A little preview, uh, like explain me is how I started that. It's because Miss um, Corman asked our class like like for me to like just draft or like s- talk to people around like like higher ups, you know. Mm-hmm. So then I would ask people in my class like, and we all brainstorm as a class like what our struggles, no representation, et cetera. And then I spent like two and a half weeks going with Dr. Case. Dr. Case, I love them. I know they have my back. And that's another shout out I would love to give to Dr. Case because they're a very kind person and they really trust their students. And even last year, when I have problems with individuals or teachers, I can go to them, you know? Mm-hmm. And back to it like I with Miss Brown as well but she I think went to Peter Hobart mm-hmm. but Miss Brown and Dr. Case really helped me like polish this you know because I knew like how some people might react when they're uncomfortable and how like 
when I gave the presentation, I even planned the seating arrangement. That way they can stay focused, like in a, mm. a student on the inside circle. I didn't know that. I, I noticed that, but I didn't know that was all intentional. Yeah, because I knew it had to do with something like, you know, like body language engagement. So I put the students in the circle because we're the ones who walk the hallways. So we are the ones sharing. And I told them to put the adults like on the outer circle mm-hmm. so that they, they can sit and listen. Yeah. And yeah. had meetings with HR, even though, you know, it's not the best experience. I was able to grow and learn from that, you know, mm. and like throughout interactions with the teachers, you know. And now junior year, I mean, final year, senior year, I was able to take a shout out to Miss Lesky as well. But her class, Adulting and Wellness and yeah. CNA, and it really opened my eyes into the healthcare field because during sophomore year, I took um, healthcare core with Miss O'Reilly and I was interested in like healthcare disparities because mm-hmm. personally I've seen it firsthand with my family, you know? Like I feel like I've seen how people at the front desk get annoyed mm-hmm. when you don't understand English and mm-hmm. that's not what I like, you know? Mm-hmm. And, or like when you have an accent, but people don't know you're also as smart when you speak two languages. That's right. And that's right. or when I go step into healthcare or like you might get treated differently or like different reactions and healthcare disparities. Like, I, that's what I want to do, you know, tackle as I grow into my career plans. I'll talk about that later, but like from personal experiences, like when I went to a nutritionist, like they factored out like my own ethnic um, dishes that my yeah. mom cooks and they're really focused on westernized food. Right. And they failed to acknowledge that ethnic food has been around for so long Mm -hmm. and has kept many of our ancestors alive and healthy and nourished and when we go and they dismiss that you know that's what i've noticed you know and in hospitals like i said second languages and like healthcare disparities that's why i was interested in the healthcare field so then this year with miss lesky learning more about cna going on field trips and going to the clinic Whenever those doctors came, um, I share with them, what are you doing to be more racially conscious and how are you treating your BIPOC patients with the utmost basic level of patient decency as yeah. white patients? Because like I know as a white doctor, not me, but like the other doctors, yeah. they are not as focused because I feel like they might think about it, but it's not like them being acknowledging because it doesn't really affect them, you mm. know? So I want yeah. to bring that to be in their mind and consciously, consciously thinking about yeah. that. And Kevin, you know, I, I so I really, first of all, I just want to acknowledge the level of vulnerability that it requires to be able to share in a very authentic way that you've shared today. And I'm, I'm really appreciative of that. And I, and as I, as I think about all of the sharing that you've done, as you think about your, your, your pre-K experience in kindergarten through um, where we are in the conversation now, looking at some of your experiences here in high school, what I, what I'm noticing is that along the way, there have been adults that have had a positive impact mm-hmm. on your life, you know, and have, have been able to lean into the brilliance that, that you possess. And, you know, it, it, what, it, what it sounds like to me, what I'm hearing is that you've, you've pursued, even as I think about your presidential award experience at middle school, right, you've exuded, pursued an academically rigorous educational experience here in St. Louis Park Public Schools. Mm-hmm. 
the another piece that I'm hearing come out and you talk about it more kind of in your ninth through 12th grade experience is this, this racial identity development, racial consciousness development, but you, you've done a lot of work to understand who you are racially and culturally and work towards proficiency in other races and cultures as well. And where I'm hearing you go now, which I think it speaks to the work that you, you did last year um, as you were really advocating and, and being a voice for Latino students here in St. Louis Park Public Schools. It, it showed up this year when you went to the, to the Capitol multiple times to testify for different bills at, at the Senate and House level, right? And, 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 and I believe, right, it's this idea of critical consciousness, right? Being able to see that there is something wrong with the system that we're operating in and having the skill set, knowledge and ability to do something about it. And I'm I'm thankful for you. Right. Yeah, because you. my my hope is that every student that comes through St. Louis Park Public Schools um, leaves us with those having had an academically rigorous environment, understanding who they are racially and culturally and working towards proficiency in other races and cultures and being able to identify um, challenges and having the skill set to do something about it. And I know next year, and another thing I want to appreciate, uh, thank you for is that throughout all of your tell storytelling, you've been able to acknowledge so many, you've probably acknowledged the most amount of adults than, that, that, than I've ever experienced in one of these <laughs> conversations. But I just want to give you an opportunity if there was anybody else you wanted to shout out before I have you talk a little bit about your, 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 um, yeah. post-secondary yeah, yeah, plans. Of course. Yeah. Actually, I brought a list oh, that okay. I made. <laughs> so, yeah. Elementary, like I said, Miss Phelan yeah. and Miss Guzman, the MLL, and Miss Blumber, Mr. Denai, and then middle school, Miss Mensa Brown, and then here at high school, Miss Emma, Dr. Case, Miss yeah. um, Brown, Miss Mueller. I could go to her oh, anytime, yeah. and she's always open to take me up if I have any college questions or just talk about life. You know, I really love that. Yeah. And Miss Merkel, Miss Lusky, even Mr. Schmidt's like, I don't. I'm not pursuing a music interest, but like I can see him really trying to engage with students. You know. Yeah. And Carmen, like I said, and Flower, and even Mr. Goddard, like I know, like I said, I can see as a person, he really cares about us students and he's always pushing. And I feel like nothing would really tick him off unless, you know, something really bad to happen. But he's just a gentle, like yeah. kind hearted individual. I love that, Kevin. Thank you so much for naming those adults that means a lot to them and I'm and I hope that when they hear this right they'll that'll re it'll energize them and have them continue to do the great things that they're doing for students here in St. Louis Park Public Schools I I know that you had a a lot of choices because you're a brilliant mind you're you're a great leader to choose from as it relates yeah. to what you would decide to do from a post-secondary standpoint but would you be willing to talk a little bit about what you decided and why you decided um that solution? yeah i'll get to there but okay. i just want to like finish oh, the okay. track sorry I'm but sorry i'm sorry that, yeah. um so i'll make it quick but basically like like i said healthcare disparities like personally like my parents like and i understand how it is like sometimes like when you don't have health insurance you don't want to go to the doctor because even at your worst experience, you don't want to because you don't want to see that medical bill being like in the thousands, you know? Yeah. And that really made me interested. So then like this year, um, I've been also interested about politics and like social justice, which is what I really like too, because that's why I did Youth in Government and Model UN. Because like in today's world, when our political leaders don't put as much energy as they do talking, um, to really try to understand us on a like personal level, 
that's what, you know, what I see, you know, from immigration reform, which I talked about, like I said, and Ms. Merkel's and like Emma's cause. And that's what I'm also interested in, tackling disparities, disrupting systems of oppression, you know. And that's what I really learned 12th grade here. And like, so like I have so many interests, like social justice, politics, um, healthcare disparities, medical school. But like now going back to what you said post after high school, so I can like speed up, but basically I've committed to the University of Minnesota Twin Cities here through the their honors program, which I was happy to see, you know, as I was able to maintain my 4.0 throughout the whole years at yeah. uh, the high school and do CNA, get my certification and really engage. That's what I want to do, you know, like I want to major something pre-med mm-hmm. alongside with like an ethnic studies, you know, Absolutely. major because like I like when I went quick story I went to Northwestern to do a summer program in healthcare and medicine that's what I really loved engaging and like being on campus with new people or when I did Yale's um, young global scholars stem program I really see collective minds you know that's why I really want to do the strep systems of oppression that affect BIPOC yeah. individuals in today's society and just try my best and my career goal I hope to accomplish one day is to become a board certified dermatologist and open my own practice and run some type of program where I can help those um, individuals who came from me who didn't have access to a doctor and like help raise and fund for their treatments because you know there's so much healthcare disparities have my patients and my coworkers do some type of racial consciousness training because as you know um, BIPOC individuals in this country are fearing doctors and for a good reason but I want to help them and like give them the basic level of treatment that they deserve. No, absolutely. I'm um you will do all of those things, right? You will do that. Um I'm excited for you. I'm thankful for you. And I, I hope that you have an amazing experience at the University of Minnesota. That is my alma mater as well. I wasn't a part of the honors program, but I know that you will do tremendous things there and in the future. So thank you so much for of being course. with us. And if there was anything you wanted to add from a mic drop standpoint, I would love for you to have an opportunity to do um, so. Yes. Um, I would say like Going back to the Capitol to testify for House floor 2258 and Senate floor 687, I was scared, but I knew it had to be done. Like, I would, before I was there, I was reading the body languages of the people and, like, the chairs and how engaged they were. So I knew I had to make them engage because I could tell they were getting bored. But I was able to bring both sides of the aisle. Even Liz, shout out to her from United Ways, um, she was surprised to see both sides of the aisle come together and have representatives share. I really painted a great picture. And I was happy to have that experience. And lastly, to those who are watching this, um, those who are at home who might share a similar background at me or who are Latino students as well, um, I want you to try your best. I know it's going to get hard. It might sound like, you know, a little cheesy, but like, do your best. Like, for my experience, I was able to accomplish so much with, like, you know, with on my own and being called mature from a young age from elementary school. And that meant, like, I had to experience lots of stuff on my own and grow and thrive, you know? Yeah. And seeing my sister Brenda, who's taking SOAR, that makes me happy because she's growing her racial consciousness. Yeah. But other than that, like, all the blueprints and achievements that from LSA or, like, from my own achievements i hope others can use it as well yeah no i think that's a perfect way to end thank you so much kevin yeah of course and best of luck thank you so much Mm -hmm.